0: So today we're going to be looking at another passage, uh, but before I start going into the Gospel of Philip, I will tell you that two years ago, I started seeing a psychoanalyst, a therapist. I had to do it for my training, so it's not like I was looking for therapy. <laughs> Don't worry, being a pastor is not driving me that crazy. <laughs> I had to do it for school. Uh, we would meet twice a week, and initially I thought it would just be a time to learn something had to be a therapist myself, like an apprentice. You know, I'm going to go to this guy, he's going to do the therapy thing, and I'm just going to learn from him. Uh, it's changed my life, actually. <laughs> and the basic idea of psychoanalysis is that one goes to a therapist. Uh, the Psychoanalysts are not, you know, if you have to take medication, they advise you to, but they actually see symptoms as a Getting to the core problem. So, in psychotherapy, it's exactly how the word sounds. Psychoanalysis—you analyze the psyche. And we all do things and act certain ways, not by accident. So, the basic idea of psychoanalysis: you go to the therapist, you talk. You know that kind of imagery of you go to the therapist, and the therapist say, mm-hmm. "Tell me how that feels." <laughs> or they just repeat back to you something you've said. But it's through this process that the therapist serves as a type of mirror. You get to hear yourself. Sometimes that sounds very interesting. One time somebody said to me, uh, why do I waste my time doing this therapy? Why do I waste my time two hours a week doing this? And I reflected back, it's a waste of time to take care of yourself. See, then when you hear it, you go, you start to hear yourself. Go, is that how I treat myself? I don't think it's worth. See, that's how this works. So it's very tedious, sometimes slow process. But a good therapist knows the chart, knows where you have to go. So you go in, you talk, and usually you just feel like you're just rambling. But occasionally something comes up and the therapist will stop you and you'll explore that things that you feel that are bothering you, things that you feel stuck on. And when I started a couple years ago, that was kind of, I wish it was like some real estate in, in you know, or, or supply chain issue because if you had any you know, future prediction, you would know we're about, to, we just came into out of a crazy time period. But I did invest in my own mental health <laughs> and that's something that a lot of people seem to be struggling with these days. We all have our stuff. We have our baggage from our childhoods. We have traumas, neuroses, disorders, and other issues. I won't tell you all of mine right now. Uh, My wife knows them all, so you can ask her. My mom probably knows a lot of my issues. And you never really see that unless you put some pressure on a person. Put Put them under stress, catch them off guard. And sometimes these things underneath us, these, the background comes to the surface when you least expect it often. You know, you could wake up to a beautiful day and you pick up your phone and you get that text from that person. You, know, you get an email at the wrong time. A phone call. Or you just wake up, leave your house, and somebody looks at you a certain way and now you're mad. You don't even know why. See, sometimes the problems you and I are facing are not the problems you and I are facing. There's something deeper. The, the surface problem is just a symptom. It's, it's leading you somewhere. It's pointing. So your boss might forget, or your partner or spouse, that it was your day off, and they call you to do a project. That's always lovely, right? Uh, maybe you're... Friend, partner, spouse, whatever. is not respecting your privacy. A family gathering, you go to a family gathering, and there's certain family gatherings, certain families on whatever side, that wish that you didn't have family gatherings. Certain holidays that you're like, I hate that holiday. Or even a birthday, you might say, I hate my birthday. Who hates their birthday? You hate your birthday. Some people say, it's just how I feel. You know, these are things under the surface of the human being, things that we don't always see. Feelings of injustice. See, the things I just said might spark or cause in us a feeling of, this isn't fair. Feelings of neglect. Feelings of being let down. or Feelings of fear, shame, guilt, and all the above come into the picture when you get triggered into these moments. In psychoanalytic language, we would say these are issues that lie deep within the unconscious of a human being and are brought up in moments when you least expect it. You might have gotten into an argument with somebody. You ever get in an argument with someone and you feel like you're not arguing about what you're arguing about, something more under the surface? You would think that you have committed some crime against against humanity with this person but in a very real way that is not even conscious to the person who's so upset, they don't even know what's bothering them deep within. And so you and me and everyone else can relate to those times when we act out. You ever act out in a certain situation and you go, I don't know what came over. Where we've been overcome with panic. We've sunk down into the pits of despair or something else that sets us in a bad direction inside and it could be something so trivial. The passage of Philip that we're going to look at today speaks to this. You and I come to church. These are the good people. Look around. (laughs) We come to church. We're trying to be good. We want to be good people. We desire to do what's right. But Paul wrote in Romans this passage that I think everybody could say. You don't even have to be a Christian to agree with this. He says, I... Even if I know the law, but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to be bad, but then I do the bad thing anyway. Paul writes, something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly. Something within Paul's writing about it from his own, St. Paul, so you can, if you mess up, you can say I'm like St. Paul. But he says something inside of me is like counteracting my best intentions. He says, I truly delight in God's commands. Don't kill, don't steal. Who's, who's against these things? But it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. Over the past couple weeks, I've talked about being born again. Right, You've all heard that term, born again Christian. Jesus says you have to be born again. I've talked about how that calls us to take responsibility for our own spiritual maturity by working on being good people. You don't just become a good person. You actually have to practice doing that. Because right on the other side are the bad things about us that also just naturally come up. So how can we be? We've talked about how we could be the kinds of people that embody the fruits of the Spirit. Who's going to argue with me? Should we all be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more kind, be good, be faithful, be gentle, and have self-control? But that's, That's what we hear in church every week. Someone cuts me off, I'm going to love them. Mm-hmm. Someone's rude to me, oh, I'll be kind, like Jesus. Someone's being harsh, oh, I'll be gentle. I mean, how much of that can you really take? <laughs> you know, Christ sometimes seems to be calling us to just be pacifists. That's not really fun. That actually hurts your soul. These are hard things to do because, like Paul said... I delight in the good commandments, but there's also a part of me that doesn't delight in the good commandments. While we all may be children of God, we're also children of this world. We have no memory. It all says that God knew us before we were born. Do you remember that? No. So we have no memory of this place God or Jesus are talking about, and we have no knowledge Nobody's come back and said, oh, it's going to be just like this. As good as it can be, as good as, you know, this life can be, it's also filled with brokenness. As, uh, there's darkness and gray everywhere in between. Jesus came into the world with no memory from where he came. He was born of a human being. That's why it took 30 years for him to eventually come out and start his ministry. Because he was from heaven, but where was he also from? From the earth. He was, a, he was born a human being, and he too felt the same things we feel. The desire to do good, but also the desire to lash back out. We all know when he flipped those tables. <laughs> so how did he remember who he was? How did he overcame How did he overcome those dark parts of himself? Philip's going to tell us in this passage we're going to read today. It says, Jesus pulled out the root of the whole place while others did it partially. As for us, these are instructions for us. As for us, let each one dig down after the root of evil that is within us and pluck it out from the heart. Pull it from its root. It will be uprooted if we recognize it. We have to look for it. And when we see it, that's when we can work on it. But if we're ignorant of it, it just takes root in us and produces fruit in our heart. It masters us. We are its slaves. It takes us captive to make us do what we do not want. And what we do want to do, we don't do it. It's powerful because we haven't recognized. While it exists, it's active. Jesus came to set captives free. Jesus makes that bold statement I've come to set the captives free. Well, that implies that something's holding me captive. For a long time, the church has taught that we're all messed up because of original sin. In Hebrew, to sin simply means one who makes mistakes. That's what a sinner is. When you say, I'm a sinner, you say, I make mistakes. (laughs) The church has taught that we are naturally evil, but the truth is we're not naturally anything when we're born. We just come into the world, blank slates. But we're products of a world filled with what? Some would say sin, but it's really mistakes. And these mistakes often come from who? You know why the biggest, you know, who, the number one person who doesn't want you to go to therapy is your mom or dad. <laughs> because often the mistakes come from the parents. And guess where their, those parents' mistakes came from? Their parents. <laughs> and why did they make mistakes? Because 50 years ago, everybody was smoking. They used to smoke in the seminary. Fifty years later, you wouldn't be. You're, you're, that's a sinner over there. He's making a mistake. <laughs> the world changes, and the system, the world we live in, tries to fix its mistakes. But often there's a lot of mistakes built in. If I make a mistake while cooking, the food's going to taste what? Not just right. If I make lots of mistakes on the test, what happens? I don't get a hundred on the test. If I make enough mistakes, something's bound to go wrong. That is what mistakes yield. By definition, sin, the real meaning, meaning mistake, this is the definition of a mistake, is an action or a judgment that is misguided or wrong. This is the root of evil. So you could go home and say the root of evil is misguided actions and judgments. That's why there's sin in the world. Philip tells us that Jesus went after the main institution that was shaping his world at the time, religion. We know they never mess up. Religion's never messed up. But back then, it was a system set up on many right actions. Religion does a lot of right, but it also has done a lot of wrong things. It's made a lot of wrong judgments about the world. Instead of owning up to this, church usually just, moves on they just glance over the mistakes but Jesus says I've come to take the axe to the root he says let's start over let's start religion over so he did he came to reform his religion to make it better he said no more silly rules and regulations no more superstitious beliefs no more this is just the way it is Jesus learned that if the world was going to start becoming a better place for human beings to live healthy and whole lives, the first person that was going to have to start with was themselves. Because just as you know, we always talk about good mustard seeds, you know, if the mustard seed lands. Just as good mustard seeds can come in the heart, guess what? Other kind, bad seeds can come in the heart. Another passage of Philip says, should you who possess everything not know yourself? If you do not know yourself, you will not enjoy this experience. But know yourself, and then you'll enjoy it. Jesus had modeled what this meant. He dug into his own being to root out evil, paving the way for others to do likewise. And he encourages us to do what he did, Jesus believed he was the son of God. We're all children of God, but we're also what? Human. There's a passage in Hebrews 5 that says, though Jesus was God's son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered, just as we do. We've been studying the, not, the reason you've never heard this passage that I quoted from Philip is we've been studying the Valentinian Christians. They went, they... They coexisted with what became the Catholic Church. And uh, they didn't consider themselves Gnostic. Just so you know, whenever you see the word Gnostic, that's a label to put down a certain group. They had, they had rivalries, so they had to call somebody by that name and somebody by that name. Uh, what I'm saying is when, I'm, when we're studying Gnostic text, I'm saying we're looking at Christians who use the Bible in a different way as a way of self-improvement, as a way of improving their souls, not as a book that would uh, be like an authority that you know, told them how to live, live you know, detail by detail. They used Jesus. They said, what does Jesus actually represent? Now, they didn't just worship Jesus. They said, Jesus is calling us to follow and be like him, not just to kneel down before him, You're supposed to be like him. That's what following is. So they said, if Jesus is like this, how do we learn from him? And they saw Jesus as a new Adam. You know, in Genesis, there was Adam and Eve. They saw Jesus as a kind of new Adam, a new spiritual person. Have you ever thought about what that word spiritual is? What does that even mean? I'm spiritual. Ooh. Isn't it somebody who looks not at the outside, but also inside too? So Jesus came, if he's spiritual, he came to and taught us to look inside of ourselves so that we could see the parts of us that aren't out here. He wants us to intentionally look inside. You know who you are. That's usually the person we don't want everybody to sometimes you know. I'm sure we're beautiful people, but there's parts of us that we don't reveal to others until later in the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus came to reconcile two worlds, the inner and the outer, the physical and the spiritual, conscious and unconscious. And that is the true path to healing jesus is calling he wants to reconcile the past with the present he calls us to look backwards not forwards isn't that counterintuitive we're always looking forward but jesus says is calling us in these texts to look backwards most of the time we find ourselves reacting to everything the way that. It has happened our whole lives, the way we've been taught to react. So Jesus is saying, if you look back, you can actually learn why you are reacting and behaving the way you are. So the way to healing is to deal with our past hurts, our past traumas. Often people are ignoring those past hurts and traumas, and that's when they find themselves hooked into other things to distract them from those past hurts. See, you actually do need to dwell on the past. But not with judgment and wrath. That's usually how we do it. Rather, we should go in, and I taught this a few weeks ago, with grace and mercy. Like looking at ourselves like a, even if it was yesterday, like a child who didn't know what today was. Like Jesus himself, we're called to go through our own history and find those parts of us that are not well, those places that are sick and broken, to sit with them, lay our hands on them, recognizing the times we were let down, neglected, made to feel unworthy, not right, or judged. See, it's our feelings that point to us to the places that have hurt us in the past. Guilt, fear, shame, excessive worry, doubt, low self-esteem, feelings of rage and anger, These are all learned things. You learned to do these things. And often it's our past that has caused us to feel them in overwhelming amounts. We're often so focused on feeling good, but in order to work on those parts of us that make us feel bad, we're gonna have to take time to study our own history, to know ourselves enough to see the mistakes that were made along the way. Mistakes made to us. And meditate on those fruits of darkness there's fruits of goodness in us there's also fruits of darkness if we meditate on them then we might find the root causes of them this is the road of redemption jesus went first and invites us each to take up the journey as well